Picture this. You're seeing Madison in sports medicine clinic for her pre-sports physical. She is 19 years old and has no medical problems. She describes an episode after playing three rigorous sets of tennis on an outdoor court in the summer, where she sat down for a few moments to chat with her partner. When she stood up, she immediately felt lightheaded. She did not lose consciousness and thinks she just got up too quickly. She drank a bottle of water and felt better. Since then, she has been making efforts to stay hydrated and has not experienced any additional lightheadedness. What caused her lightheadedness when she stood up? What compensatory mechanisms were at play? Consider these questions as you listen. Welcome to Audio Bricks. I'm Laurel Toft, bringing cardiology from our bricks to your ears. After completing this section, you will be able to 1. Define the baroreceptor reflex and diagram its major anatomical components. 2. Explain how changes in arterial blood pressure affect the baroreceptor reflex. And 3. Define the Bainbridge reflex, explain how it controls heart rate, and describe its clinical significance. Part 1. Cardiovascular System Regulation Cardiovascular system is regulated by a mix of systemic controls, for example, the autonomic nervous system and circulating factors like vasopressin and angiotensin, as well as local factors in specific tissue beds. Central or systemic regulation requires that the body have sensors so that changes in blood pressure or blood volume can be detected and then corrected by appropriate neural, biochemical, or hormonal changes. In this discussion, we focus on two such receptor or sensor systems, the baroreceptor system and the Bainbridge reflex. The first responds to arterial stretch and the second to venous return of blood to the heart. Both of these receptor systems allow the body to maintain homeostasis of blood volume and pressure, meaning the maintenance of the normal situation in spite of challenges like fluid gain by drinking lots of water or loss like hemorrhage. Part 2. What are baroreceptors? Baroreceptors detect stretch within a blood vessel, which stimulates a response from the nervous system. More stretch is caused by higher pressure within the vessel, so the baroreceptors are actually detecting changes in blood pressure. They are required for proper regulation of the cardiovascular system. In fact, the name baroreceptor itself should be a giveaway as to the function, because baro is the Latin prefix for pressure. These receptors send signals to the brainstem, specifically the medulla, ultimately regulating blood pressure by altering vessel diameter, heart rate, or contractility. Before we jump into the details of how baroreceptors work, let's take a second to think about why the cardiovascular system uses pressure-sensing mechanisms. The amount of pressure within a vessel is directly related to the volume of blood passing by at a moment in time. Simply put, more blood in a specific vessel equates to greater blood pressure and more stretch of the vessel wall. As you can probably imagine, there has to be a limit to how much blood a vessel can hold. Too much blood in one location could damage the vasculature. Conversely, too little blood could deprive the organs of oxygen. This is where baroreceptors come in. They help mitigate the potential harmful consequences of swings in blood pressure through the baroreceptor reflex. Part 3. Anatomy of the Baroreceptor Reflex So where exactly are these baroreceptors? Well, they are located throughout the body's arterial vasculature. 
although the greatest density of receptors lies proximal to the heart, specifically at the aortic arch and carotid sinus. Their ultimate goal is to detect pressure via changes in arterial vessel stretch. More pressure equals more stretch and vice versa. When these baroreceptors are activated, an afferent signal is sent to the brainstem for processing. A subsequent efferent or output signal is sent from the brain to the heart's sinoatrial and atrioventricular nodes, the cardiac myocytes, and the arteries. These afferent and efferent signals make up the neural circuitry required for the baroreceptor reflex. Though somewhat complicated, it is important to know the three nerves which make up these components. The carotid sinus afferent nerves are cranial nerve 9, the glossopharyngeal. The aortic arch afferent nerves are cranial nerve 10, the vagus. And the outgoing efferent nerves are autonomic, primarily sympathetic nerves. Part 4. How does the baroreceptor reflex work? The baroreceptor reflex, or just baroreflex for short, is our body's way of regulating acute changes in blood pressure. If our blood pressure starts to get too high or too low, the baroreflex aims to reduce or increase it, respectively. This reflex is the reason that blood pressure does not wildly fluctuate from moment to moment. As with all homeostatic responses, the baroreceptor reflex happens automatically with the right stimulus. And what do you think that stimulus might be? That's right, stretch on arterial vasculature due to increased blood pressure. The baroreflex is initiated once the stretch is sensed. If the blood pressure is too high, there's increased arterial stretch. In response, baroreceptors send an afferent signal to the brain via cranial nerve 9 or 10. The brain responds with an efferent signal that goes to the heart's SA and AV nodes, the cardiac myocytes, and the peripheral arterial smooth muscle. As a brief aside, it is worth detailing an important concept regarding steady neural transmission in the body. Nerves are constantly sending and receiving information. They have a constant baseline rate of firing, even in the absence of overt stimulation. This is known as the tonicity of a nerve. Nerves with a high baseline firing rate have a high tonicity, and those with low baseline firing rate have low tonicity. Well, why is tonicity important for the baroreflex? The fibers carried by cranial nerves 9 and 10 exhibit high tonicity, such that baroreceptors are constantly giving input to these nerves. As a result, the baroreflex is always working to maintain our blood pressure, and it is the fluctuations in this basal activity that allow for changes to occur. In the situation of increased arterial stretch, the efferent signals accomplish the following. At the SA and AV nodes of the heart, the heart rate drops. At the cardiac myocytes, contractility or force of contraction drops. And at the arteries, the smooth muscle relaxes, causing vasodilation and reducing the blood pressure. All of these effects will lower the blood pressure back towards baseline. The exact opposite sequence would happen if the blood pressure fell and there was reduced arterial stretch. Then the signal would prompt a faster heart rate, more contractility, and vasoconstriction. So why are the heart and arteries the target of the efferent signal? Well, reducing the amount of blood pumped by the heart or dilating blood vessels are both ways to effectively reduce vascular stretch. In cases of elevated blood pressure, the withdrawal of sympathetic nervous system activity serves as the efferent limb of the barrel reflex and will decrease vasoconstriction, heart rate, and contractility. In cases of decreased blood pressure, there is decreased arterial stretch and subsequent increase 
in efferent sympathetic activity. This would lead to vasoconstriction and increases in heart rate and contractility. Okay, let's see if you got that. Question. What would happen to heart rate, contractility, and vasoconstriction if the afferents for cranial nerves 9 and 10 were cut? The answer is, heart rate, contractility, and vasoconstriction would increase. Losing the afferent fibers would lead to a diminished tonic rate of baroreceptor activity. Lower baroreceptor activity means less inhibition of the sympathetic nervous system and, consequently, increased heart rate, increased vasoconstriction, and increased contractility. Part 5. What is the Bainbridge Reflex? So far, we've focused on arterial stretch and the sympathetic nervous system, the two key components of the baroreceptor reflex. But what about the parasympathetic system and stretch on the venous side of the circulation? It turns out there is such an analogous system involving both, termed the Bainbridge reflex. The Bainbridge reflex is analogous to the baroreceptor reflex. The major difference is that it detects the amount of venous blood return to the heart. Venous blood return is a good reflection of the total blood volume, just as arterial stretch is a good reflection of blood pressure. The Bainbridge reflex was first described in 1915 by the scientist Francis Arthur Bainbridge. In his experiment, he found that injection of a saline solution into the jugular veins of dogs led to a reflexive increase in heart rate. At the time, however, this was simply an observation, and it would be years before a complete mechanism was described. The Bainbridge mechanism works like this. After an intravenous infusion, blood returns to the heart via the veins. More blood equals more stretch at the junction of the vena cava and right atrium. This venous return of blood contributes to end-diastolic stretch of the ventricles and is often called preload. This increased stretch leads to increase in right atrial pressure. More stretch in the atrium stimulates atrial receptors and leads to afferent signals via cranial nerve 10. Resulting initiation of the Bain bridge reflex means three things. One, parasympathetic activity will decrease. This is the efferent response. Two, less parasympathetic activity means less inhibition of heart rate. And three, less inhibition of heart rate means the heart rate will increase. Interestingly, this IV infusion of fluid will also stimulate the baroreceptor reflex, like this. More blood return to the heart will lead to increased cardiac output. Increased cardiac output increases arterial blood pressure. Increased pressure causes arterial stretch and activates the baroreflex, which will decrease the heart rate. Now, why would the increase in heart rate seen in the Bainbridge reflex be beneficial? Well, the increased right atrial stretch and pressure is a marker for increased venous blood return, and the increased heart rate will increase the cardiac output, emptying the swollen sort of heart of the excess blood. Many human experiments have shown that the Bainbridge effect is less pronounced in humans than in other mammals, and the arterial baroreceptor response tends to dominate rather than the Bainbridge reflex. For example, in volume depletion, when venous return to the heart falls, we do not see a slowing of the heart rate due to the Bainbridge reflex. Rather, the lower blood pressure will stimulate a higher heart rate via the baroreceptor reflex. However, it's important to know that the Bainbridge reflex has an antagonistic relationship with the baroreceptor reflex. The two are functionally complementary. The baroreceptor reflex aims to minimize stretch on the arterial vasculature. 
the Bainbridge reflex aims to minimize stretch on the atria of the heart. Both reflexes use receptor-mediated modulation of the autonomic nervous system, either by increasing or decreasing heart rate, contractility, or vasorestriction. As a result, these effects both work to ensure a balance in heart rate and peripheral resistance so that blood pressure is maintained in a normal range. Quiz time! What would happen to heart rate if you quickly stand from a sitting position? The heart rate would increase. The decrease in preload from standing would lead to decreased stretch in the atria of the heart and could possibly trigger the Bainbridge reflex. However, what predominates is a baroreceptor reflex response. The decreased preload is sensed in the aortic arch and carotid sinus, which overpowers the Bainbridge reflex, leading to a compensatory increase in heart rate. And that's it for baroreceptor regulation of blood pressure. Let's check your knowledge and see what we've learned today. Can you define the baroreceptor reflex? In the baroreceptor reflex, an increase in blood pressure leads to increased vascular stretch, which in turn causes reflexive reductions in heart rate, cardiac contractility, and peripheral vascular tone. The reverse occurs with a decrease in blood pressure. Where are baroreceptors located? Baroreceptors detect acute changes in blood pressure by monitoring stretch of arterial vasculature. They are primarily found in the aortic arch and carotid sinus. Now, can you describe the neural signaling pathway of the baroreceptor reflex? Baroreceptors send afferent signals to the medulla, leading to varying degrees of inhibition of sympathetic output on the cardiac SA and AV nodes, the cardiac myocytes, and peripheral vascular smooth muscle. Can you explain how changes in blood pressure impact the baroreceptor reflex? Higher blood pressure leads to more vascular stretch, which causes more inhibition and less sympathetic tone. Lower blood pressure causes less vascular stretch and leads to less inhibition and therefore greater sympathetic tone. Now, can you define the Bainbridge reflex? Increased blood delivery to the right atrium of the heart leads to reflexive increase in heart rate. How does the Bainbridge reflex respond to changes in atrial stretch? The Bainbridge reflex uses atrial stretch and parasympathetic withdrawal to mediate heart rate. More atrial stretch leads to less parasympathetic tone, leading to a faster heart rate. Less atrial stretch leads to more parasympathetic tone and a slower heart rate. And finally, what is the clinical significance of the Bainbridge reflex compared to the baroreceptor reflex? In humans, the baroreceptor reflex appears to have a greater impact than the Bainbridge reflex, but the two together are an example of complementary pathways to maintain homeostasis. And we're done! Armed with your newfound knowledge, let's think back to your patient from the beginning of the episode. Remember, you are seeing Madison, a healthy 19-year-old with no medical problems. She described to you an episode of lightheadedness upon standing after playing a vigorous game of tennis. What caused her lightheadedness? How do you explain to her what happened? Ah! 
as a result of fluid loss with exercise from sweating and venous pooling in her legs when she stood up, her preload was reduced. Blood pressure fell, and lightheadedness due to decreased cerebral blood flow followed. Compensatory mechanisms then came into play. Baroreceptors in the aortic arch and carotid sinus sensed the decrease in preload. This led to an increase in heart rate, increased myocardial contractility, and vasoconstriction, all mediated by the sympathetic nervous system. When she rehydrated, the reverse set of physiologic changes occurred. You tell her that the response was a normal physiologic response of her body to dehydration and changing position. She agrees to stay well hydrated in the future and happily continues her tennis career. And that's our show. If you like this episode, send us a comment or give us a thumbs up. Until next time.